All right, welcome everybody. We're live right on 9 p.m. Melbourne, Sydney time. So again, <laughs> within the minute, the first minute, that was great, even though it was towards the last one minute. Welcome everybody. So we're going to take some questions. We're going to talk about guitars, amps, pedals. The chat basically directs the live stream. So feel free to ask. Let us know where you're from, where you're watching from, all that kind of stuff. Paolo was here first. So shout out to Paolo for being the first in chat. I also wanted to just let you guys know if you're joining in for the first time, you can watch the playback about an hour or so after, depending on how long the live stream goes for. I generally timestamp everything, so you can just skip through and find the section that you want to find. You can also listen to everything on iTunes or Spotify after as well, usually a day or so later. So check that out. Just search for In the Blues Tone podcast. And a shout out and well wishes to Fat Philosopher, who's a, a Patreon sub and also active across all guitar channels he's had some health problems so well wishes to him as well so uh yeah we'll take some questions chat about all the stuff that's coming up on the channel or stuff that's already been up if you have any questions so here we go we've got john donahue from lithgow new south wales awesome stuff welcome mate hope you're doing well we're trying something different usually i've been streaming in the early afternoons it's now 9 p.m here i said i'd mix it up at some point so Let's let's try this. It's not too late. <laughs> I just had some caffeine, so we should be in business. I hope you've all been enjoying the new format of videos too. I've just tried to mix things up in terms of the video structure rather than just doing the same format, which I was getting bored with, which means everybody was probably getting bored with. I've tried to bring you something different on the last three or four videos. So if you haven't seen them, go check them out. Uh, I think they're a little bit more engaging in a in a useful way. Isolated rhythm tracks and all that kind of stuff in a, in a very different format. And it's fun for me to mix up the channel from time to time, try new things, and hopefully it works. So, all right. Zach, welcome, mate. Hope you're doing well. Oh, Paolo, is that how you say it? Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm terrible trying to pronounce names. It's nothing... Nothing uh, unfamiliar to me right there, so sorry about that. Hey, we've got Jamal here. Welcome, mate. Let us know, uh, everybody, folks, if the audio is all good. I tested this. It should be loud enough, all that kind of stuff. But if there's any issues, just let us know. All right, Change of Strangers. Welcome. Hope you're doing well. He says, bought a Hot Rod Deluxe 4 over the weekend with upgraded electrics or electronics, including capacitors, bulletproof amp. Totally in love with it. Good stuff. You know, a Hot Rod Deluxe or a DeVille are two of the most usable amps at all time. You can spend three, four grand, at least in Australia, spending four times the amount of money, basically, and get an amp that's maybe 5% better <laughs> than those. So they are bulletproof. I used to gig with Hot Rod Deluxe amps a lot. I actually had a Deluxe and a Blues Deluxe at the same time, and eventually I ended up just keeping the Blues Deluxe. But that was because I modded it at that time. I had a different speaker in there, but both are awesome. If someone said, oh, you can't play your uh, Blues Deluxe anymore, you've got a Hot Rod Deluxe, I'd go, good, okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, great amplifier, great clean tone, drive tone's gotten better over the years. The Hot Rod 4 kind of nailed the drive tone. You know, once you start really turning that up loud, it's, it's pretty mighty. Uh, I think most people would like it these days. But again, I think they shine with the overdrive or distortion pedal going into the the clean channel, you can get really usable tones out of it. So anyway, great clean, modern sound, awesome stuff. All right, we got, uh, you know what? I'm just going to, 
again, something I always forget to do is make the chat larger. All right, this is, this is good. Here we go. All right, we've got, uh, is it Tufnil? Welcome, mate. I didn't pronounce that right, did I? <laughs> All right. Hey, we've got Ron Ross here. Welcome, mate. Thanks for being a channel member. I appreciate that. Thanks again. Hey, we've got NJ here as well. Awesome stuff. He hooked me up with something that's uh, probably going to be here in the next month or so uh, in terms of uh, showcasing on the channel. So shout out to NJ. If you don't know his, uh, his channel, go check it out. He's got some good uh, reviews of pedals and guitars and all that kind of stuff. Thanks again, mate. I, I appreciate that. Alex George, how you doing? All right, sounds great. Yeah, DeVille, yesterday I bought a Vox AC412. Love it. Yeah, those low Vox amps are pretty wild, man. You can turn them up and they sound great. Same with the, the Vox AC10. Small speaker, probably not the best like gigging amp out there, but just a massive sound. And I, I actually prefer a 12-inch speaker inherently over a 10. But um, yeah, those AC4s um, are pretty cool. I think I reviewed one when they first came out like... I don't know how long ago it was. It was probably like seven years ago, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway. All right, Flip-de-doo just said, good morning, just poured the coffee. <laughs> well, it's uh, 9 p.m. here, as I mentioned before. We're uh, cranking it, cranking up the caffeine here so we can, we can fire up here. All right, gonna be a good one. Yeah, I, I can't wait, man. It looks great. I don't like spoiling stuff before it arrives, just in case. It, does a no-show or something, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I hope you've uh, been enjoying the new videos as well. As I mentioned, just as the stream started before people started pouring in, um, the new format has has changed the videos for the better, I hope. I hope you're enjoying the more different sort of structure to the videos, a little less predictable and hopefully very useful. So thanks. Thanks for watching. Wi-Fi Burns, doing well, thanks. Hope you're doing well as well. As well, as well. All right. Ron Ross says, thoughts on the Katana amps. So I got like mixed feelings on them. I think they're really good value. I think you can get really good sounds out of them. I think they're great if you want to basically use the power attenuator and turn down. They're a much better value item than say buying those headphones that they sold for $100 more. <laughs> Depending on your situation, of course. But, you know, they're usable in a pinch at a gig. Um... But again, I, I wouldn't be like programming the back end of them for a gig for me. I, I'd probably use the onboard reverb and delay. I'd be using the clean channel with an overdrive going into them. The only thing I, I, I need to mention about those amps, and this comes from live experience with all of them almost now, I actually own the Katana 100 single 12. The 2x12 in a live mix is far better. You get a much bigger spread of sound. The single 12 amps... With the exception of that artist version, has a very directional sound. Now, some people like that, some people don't. I'm more partial to a sound that fills the room sideways instead of like a laser beam of death. But that doesn't mean they're a bad amp. For their price, value, and what you get, they're actually really good. Um, and they're inherently less fiddly than a straight up modeling amplifier where there's a screen and menus or you need your phone, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you can get good sounds. Basically, that you get a good solid-state clean channel. So if you're looking for an amp you can kind of use your effects into, they'll still work. They're pretty good for what they are. They're not my kind of thing for playing live. I still would prefer a valve amp. 
And it comes down to just that inherent spread of sound. Not all valve amps have a 3D sort of sound, but that, the, uh, the katanas are really like straight ahead. If you're in that line of sight, you'll hear it, but they don't kind of feel sideways as much. If you're miking up at a gig though, they're fine <laughs> because that's the PA system's job. So uh, yeah, plenty of, plenty of good sounds in there. I think where I'm at now, I much prefer something very straight ahead. Um, but yeah, I can't really ridicule them because they're very functional. They have that great power attenuation switch so you can drop it down practice at home too. Have I tried any of the crafted in China fenders? No. I've tried the made in Japan stuff, America, and I guess that's it. <laughs> oh, and the made in Mexico stuff, of course, but um, I've only tested the made in China Squires back in the day. They're all made in Indonesia now. I'd be interested to find out if that's still a thing. I have tried the made in China Fender Blues Junior, which was not very good. Uh, in I, I compared them all. I compared that one up against all the other ones, and that was my least favorite. It felt like a cheaper amp, so they, I think they stopped production on that pretty quick. All right, Eric Warrington, welcome, mate. He says, hey, Shane, get ready for work, so I'll catch what I can. I know it's uh, it's early in the morning a.m. if you live anywhere outside of Australia <laughs> or New Zealand or South Africa, maybe. I'm not sure what the time is there, but... Yeah, welcome, mate. And uh, yeah, you can always catch the playback or if you've got the premium thing, you can just listen on your, you know, on your speaker and turn the screen off. All right. We've got uh, James from Washington. Welcome, mate. Oh, here we go. Andrew says, Katana drive section is analog as well. Um, uh, not modeling, which is cool. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid state amp. I mean, what I was saying is, you know, the clean channel is what, pedals are mostly friendly with so you know yeah of course you can plug into the any of those other channels that it has as well i just find some of those a little on the the narrow frequency band compared to the cleans it's pretty common you, you look at it like a fender clean channel then you look at their drive channels with the exception of maybe the bass breaker amps and no not the supersonic because that does it as well where they shave off the low end um but yeah that that's one thing i've noticed this that that Full frequency kind of gets miss goes missing, I should say, with the at least the brown sound one from memory, and the lead channel also loses a little bit of that fatness. But yeah, you can you can plug into any of them, you'll get a, a sound that works. Wi-Fi Burn says, "What are your thoughts on using studio monitors for practicing trying to go digital using an audio interface Amplitude Five uh, currently headphones? You know what? Whatever works." No problems with that whatsoever. I would say the, you know, it's really easy to mess with stuff and to continually tweak things anytime you're talking about digital or, or phones or amps with a million controls. So I would say find a good clean sound you like, find a good lead sound or whatever that you like and just save them and use them. You don't have to, you know, I think most people, I, I was guilty of that too, that, option paralysis thing always trying to make the sound better rather than actual practicing but you know i i actually record i play a lot through my studio monitors using that two notes capital x thing so uh, even though my last few video videos have all been mics it's a great way to practice so uh yeah do that or 
Thing I always recommend, the Joyo Jam Buddy. That thing is so good. It's the thing that I still use to practice. Uh, it's just unreal. So um, yeah, I can highly recommend that. It's just this little battery. You sort of like charge it up. It's got an internal battery. It's this little unit with a speaker on the top. It's like a pedal basically, but it's just, it's an amp. So you can play music through it via Bluetooth, or you can get a clean, a drive, and a lead tone out of it with some delay. That's it. That's a great practice tool as well. But I have no um, gripes with anything that gets people practicing. Not at all. So go for it. You know, I also think if you're playing electric guitar, try playing without an amp. It really makes you play with better attack. I see a lot of people practicing always with... Now, now there's exceptions to this, but if you want to work on making your playing even tidier and you play electric guitar, there's nothing more challenging than trying to get it to work without an amp. And it makes you really dig in and play with, you know, conviction. So uh, it's something I don't do often enough anymore, but I used to do that a lot. That's just like on a side tangent there. Uh, I use mine for clean and pedal. So there you go. So it works. That's great. Hey, John. Welcome, man. I don't know if I said hi before, but welcome. And thank you again for joining in. Would the crafted in China fenders and squires be made by the same manufacturer? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would probably assume so. <laughs> Just... I can't remember if I've... You know what? I've seen right-handed guitars from that range at Sky Music at one point in time, but it's been so long since I've seen them that I don't really remember. Like, there was no lefties. I'm almost positive there were no lefties. They had some... Um, yeah, they had a good mix of stuff, but... Yeah, I, I don't know enough about those. I, yeah. I would say if you if you... If anyone's had any experience with that, let us know in the comments because my instinct would say maybe go for a Squire Classic vibe made in Indonesia and then the, maybe the price difference between the made in China fenders and the made in Mexico fenders might not be that much. And if that's the case, the made in Mexico stuff's pretty great. But who knows? It, it, might, it might be way better than uh, my lack of experience. So let us know. I use mine as a recording interface. Well, there's another positive about it as well. Yeah, so USB into the computer, done. I love my Mark II 50 Katana, awesome home amp. Exactly, like for home amps, what else do you need? I, you don't need a valve amp for home practice at all. It's unnecessary. Sure, if you've got the flexibility to turn up a 5-watt amp loud, it's going to sound great, but it's still going to be loud. <laughs> And then you still might need, oh, I need some delay or reverb. Maybe it doesn't have either. So then you've got pedals. At least, you know, with an amp like that, you can get all those sounds. Even the, the Mustang 3 is still a good amp for those situation things where, or the GT, I should say, where Mustang 3 is a great live amp too. But the, the GT stuff, you don't need anything like elaborate for playing at home, right? Even though there's got a lot of effects, just to practice jam along, all that kind of stuff, that will do the job as well. So there's plenty of great tools for the job out there. The Joyo DC-15S, another great amp for home use. The the more um, Hornets, they're really good too. M-O-O-R-E, I think you spell it. Yeah, the Hornet amplifiers. They're, they're so good. I've still got mine. I gave another one away, but I've still got my other one. So 
They're very, very cool. Ah, I just got a siege. Uh, is it, how do you say that? Shiji? Is that how you say that? Telly for my 40th. Happy birthday, mate. <laughs> I'm a few years older than you. Um, incredible instrument. So Chinese are capable of it. Oh, look, when it comes to build quality, there's plenty of great guitars made in China. I mean, Eastman are probably the top of the pick. They make the best stuff I've seen. I just think, um, I yeah, there's no... I, I just haven't had any exp enough experience with the Made in China Fender guitars to know much about them. I know the amps weren't that great when they were made there, at least the, the tube amps. So, yeah. But no, they make they can make great stuff. No questions about it. Eric says, also play the Fender Bass Break at 15. Man, that's a great amp. That is so good. <laughs> that's one of my favorites from that range. No questions about it. That, that little amp's a monster. Uh, I know you're not a big Fuzz fan. Uh, do you have any recommendations? Ooh. I should really keep a list of some of this stuff because um, let me just have a quick look through my recent videos. I haven't done too many. I did a, a whole lot of Fuzz videos a while back and then I just sort of like let it go because <laughs> I, I just haven't had too many. Um, uh, what have we got? All right, so... There's one by Dan Electro called the Eisenhower Fuzz. That is fantastic. That sounds unreal. I would highly recommend that. If you're looking for... Uh, what's another good one that I tried? You know, Speed Sound make a good one called the Overzoid. Uh, they also make an overdrive by that name. It's a bit confusing, but SVI Sound. SVI Sound. You check out them. They make some good stuff. Uh... Man, I've actually done quite a lot of fuzz videos looking back. Yes, Analog Fox brand made a whole lot of good stuff. I don't know if they're still around. That was a long time ago when I did those videos, but um, some of those are pretty wild if you're into like straight up fuzz tones. The, the problem I have with fuzz just from a player standpoint, at least in a live mix, a lot of fuzz pedals don't stick out of the mix in a, in a very nice way. They kind of get buried. On their own, they sound unreal, and that's kind of what most people have the problem with the Big Muff. The Big Muff sounds epic, but then it sort of doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't really work in a live mix unless everything's EQ'd correctly kind of thing. So, yeah, just... Uh, I, I would kind of keep that in mind. I, fuzz pedals for me are, are really hit and miss, but that Dan Electro one from memory was pretty wild. Uh, on the playback or whatever, I'll link one down so you can check it out, but... Yeah, Dan Electro Eisenhower. If you can find that, you can you can take a look. All right. I'm gonna move this slightly. Hopefully that's not too annoying where that is. Been using uh John says I've been using the Jam Buddy at home. I haven't plugged in to an amp for years. Well there you go. That it it works. You know, it does everything you need it to do. And because there's not, you know, you get your analog delay in there, but because there's no reverb, it really makes you work. And it's it's a good practice tool. No distractions. It's nice and simple. For those who haven't seen it, it's basically you can click on the left button and it will change channels. It's just, and then you've got a high gain channel on the right. And that's it. You plug in, there's built-in speakers, does the job. And it's got like eight hours of battery life if you don't have it on the cable. So yeah, Joyo, Joyo Jam Buddy. Um, 
All right, Adam says, I bought one of those Artist LPs with the P90s on a whim after watching your review. Good call. Fantastic for 400 smackers. <laughs> Very cool, mate. You know, those uh, Artist guitars are getting better and better, and there's a few that are yet to come in in Lefty. There's a couple of, I think, Tally-style electrics that are on their way. Sorry, I just had some um, bubbly drink here. Carbonated beverage. And uh, yeah, they make great stuff. Their LPs are awesome. Awesome. A good friend of mine who I've known 22 years bought one of those artist gold tops with the P90s as well. It's sort of like, for those who don't know know it, it's a gold top, but it's a little bit on the more of the... What's, what's the color? It's slightly more green. Let's just put it that way. But it's not a straight up um, Gibson clone, but he used it out last Sunday. Oh, well, not last Sunday. The Sunday before when we played live. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it stayed in tune. So it's like they're the two. That's kind of like the, the three things that you want to know, right? Does it stay in tune? Does it sound good? And what's the other one? It, I don't know. Uh, no, the live test, right? The live test is the is the the test of all tests. So yeah, I'm glad you're liking it, man. That's super cool. Um, hey, we've got T-Boy here. Welcome, man. Hope you're doing well. T-Boy's a monster player. Go check him out, folks. Uh, great dude. We did a collaboration video ages ago, uh, back lockdown, <laughs> during the lockdowns and all that kind of crap. Uh, and we did this big 15-player blues jam. If you haven't seen it, I'll link it up here after the fact. It's called the Lockdown Shuffle or something like that. And yeah, T-Bor uh, was ripping it up. It's definitely worth a look. He says, uh, hey, Shane, I recently succumbed to gas and joined the PV Club. I bought a Silver Stripe Express 112. Do you have any tips on how to use the T-Dynamics knob when playing live? All right, so what that does, it basically changes how soon the amp will compress. It's not a master volume. It feels like it is, and I thought it was when I first got it before I actually had instructions, but to the left allows it to get way more compressed and you get more sag. To the right, the amp will be perceived as louder and also have far less inherent uh, like sag or saturation. So what I would normally do is just wind it all the way to the right and you get the biggest, cleanest sound you can get. And it also works like that on the drive channel too. So the Express 112 is something that I don't, I've not owned. But if it has a dedicated drive channel, you'll find the T-Dynamics will still do the same thing. So you can crank the volume on the drive channel Turn the T-Dynamics down, and as you dig in, it's going to get kind of squishy and, and it's going to break up easier. Whereas all the way wide open, you get more clean headroom to the right with the T-Dynamics. So that's kind of how I would use it. Anytime I use a PV Bandit Studio Pro 112, I just turn them all the way to the right because usually wherever we play is loud enough to do that. Uh, and the headroom makes it feel a little bit better to me. But you can even use it at 12 o'clock. You know, you might like a different kind of sound. So... What I say isn't gospel with these amps. It's just what I prefer. But I think if you're using pedals in particular or you want a big, clean, round sound, go to the right. That'd be the easiest way to do it and just turn it up because they sound great. <laughs> awesome stuff, man. Well done. Hey, cool. We've got heaps of folks here. Welcome, everybody. Um, got a super chat here from uh, Sean. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for... All the channel support here. He says, uh, greetings from Chicago. What do you think of Victory Amps? 
I've got an RK50 and it's fantastic. Uh, what do I think of Richie? All right, so Victory Amps, I've had mixed opinions on. I, I've played a couple where they, they had what I would can be considered too much top end and others that sounded unreal. <laughs> I think the best one that I played was one called the... I say Duchess, maybe is that hey is that the right one? It's it's really good. A mate of mine's actually got a, a couple of those as well, um, and one of them's fairly bright sounding, and the other one's pretty gnarly. It's a little combo. Um, probably airing more on the side of like a Vox amplifier sound, um, but maybe with a little bit more mid. So yeah, if you like that kind of sound, they're great. It's kind of one of those things. I've not owned one before, but I've played a few at shops and I've played two live. So I've got a 50% ratio of both. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, they're pretty cool. If you can get it, if you can get a low watt one and kind of crank it up there, they've got a lot of attitude. They've got a very different sort of, um, I give, I'll say this, they stick out of the mix either way. So uh, very cool. I don't know if I know the RK50. Let me just have a look on this one here. All right. So the V40H is the Duchess. That's the one that I've played. Uh, let's try. So the RK50 is... Oh, the RK50 is the Richie Cotson one. Okay, cool. I mean, he's a monster player. I, I don't own any of his albums or anything, but um, the stuff I've seen on YouTube has been pretty wild. So, um, yeah, this looks... says it's from 2012, so it must have been around a while. Um, yeah, it looks great. I mean, it looks pretty simple. Sorry, I can't share this with everybody. I'll just read it out. It's got a gain control, tone control, reverb, which is awesome, master... Got a built-in tremolo and a tremolo, oh, tremolo speed and and depth. So again, it very heavily reminds me of kind of like that Vox configuration. But being that it's 50 watts, I'm tipping it's probably not EL84s. It's probably a little bit more on the 6L6 side would be my guess. Yeah, I haven't read the specs and I don't want to... Yeah, it is. There you go. So it's three 12AX7s. Two 6L6 uh, tubes. So, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Thanks again for the uh, super chat there, mate. I appreciate it. I'll just scroll back up here to everybody that's uh, saying hi. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just laughing at uh, John here. That's funny. I have a Princeton amp. Can I run uh, Wangs to the speaker only? Can I... Uh, yes, you can. So the Wangs amp for the people who are wondering what on earth is going on. You just got to make sure the ohm matches. So if your Princeton has an 8 ohm speaker or 16, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. I, I can't remember. It could be varied. So just double check. You want to make sure that the ohms of the other amplifier go into that cabinet fine. You don't want to have mixed matched ohms. Basically, the last video I did with the little 5 watt custom tube head I had that going into the cabinet of my Marshall and the cabinet of my Fender because the ohms all matched up. So that's cool. Just make sure of that and you'll be in business. The watts don't matter as long as you're not putting more watts into the speaker than it can handle. But most of those Wangs amps are like five watts. Um, 
I don't want to scare you with this, but there was a time where some of those were catching fire randomly. I got an email about it, so just be very cautious. Uh, it was the reason why I didn't review any more. <laughs> Not because the one that I reviewed had that problem, but other models, I'm pretty sure, had that exact same problem. So just be just be cautious with that one. Um, but yeah, you'll be fine otherwise. That's just a PSA. All right, we've got GW Taylor here. Welcome, man. He says, uh, hi, Shane. Salutations from Bonnie, Scotland. Can't do a Scottish accent very well. Uh, nice to catch a live stream. Looking good. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. This is week two of my intermittent fasting. So I don't eat between 10 p.m. and 2 p.m. <laughs> and uh, I'm feeling good. It really does help me. I, I can just get into the habit of eating too much when... I'm not doing much, and if I do this, I, I feel much better. Thanks for the kind words, man. I appreciate that. All right, James says, Joyo, jam buddy for practice. I recently saw a YouTube video of the Joyo BSK60. 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 Man, let me have a look. Oh, the BSK60, the acoustic one. Yeah, that's great. If you're an acoustic player, that's fantastic. I mean, that's a completely different amplifier to the um to the electric guitar amplifier so if you're an acoustic player the bsk 60 is unreal if you're an electric guitar player the jam buddy or their d cs 15 d ah, model numbers anyway check them out <laughs> um i rocks the blues says hey in the blues, I was listening to ZZ Top and you saw your show pop up and I'm here. Thanks for joining in, mate. That's awesome. ZZ Top is great. I really enjoyed their new song as well, which was pretty cool. Um, I also had a chance. I was on... Uh, whose live stream was it? I was on Addicted to Gears live stream the other week, just listening while I was doing something else. I think I might have been driving or something, but whatever the case was, uh, he was talking about... Uh, what, was this? what was the song? There's a new song. Uh, there's a new song from a Billy Idol that's come out, and he he was sort of like, oh, it doesn't really have the the same sort of sound or the edge that Billy Idol's known for it. And I, I had to listen to it, and I got to agree, it was a little underwhelming. It was very, I know times have changed, and. People probably don't want to hear '80s music now, but have a if you if you can find it. I can't, I can't remember what it's called. Um, have a listen, see what you think. If you're a Billy Idol fan, I actually really love some of his tunes. The guitar parts are great. The guy kind of got like this. He's got a sound. I sort of felt like it was lost. Like he can still sing great too. And yeah, like where where'd the attitude go? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess everybody's in a different stage of their life every three decades later or whatever. But uh, yeah, anyway, let us know what you think. I, I think um, Addicted to Gears, Tony, his uh, synopsis of that was spot on. All right. Sorry if I missed your question here, guys. Let's, let's add in the blues me if I, if I haven't replied. I don't mean to skip over stuff. Uh, all right. Avatis Guitars asked you to review any of the new range. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they've um they we have spoken about it over email. I think when I think the lefties are doing at the end of this month. So whenever they come in, I'll do some more reviews. 
They make good stuff. I mean, if you're in Australia, people always say, oh, should I get an artist guitar or Harley Benton? It's like, well, what can you get that's easier? They're both great, right? But um, the artist stuff's hard to beat because it's essentially the same guitar and you get it within like two days or however long their courier service takes. It doesn't take very long, depending on where you live. Um, Baked Alaska says, new amp day yesterday, Princeton Reverb with a 12-inch cannabis rec speaker, surprisingly loud. Yeah, those speakers got a lot of attitude too. They're very, very punchy. They're a good uh, match for uh, most Fender amps, but Princeton's definitely so very cool. Yeah, Princeton's are way louder than I think people realize. They're loud to a point, and then you can't get them any louder. So, um, you know, if you're doing any sort of like tra uh, studio work tracking or... Uh, Live playing to a point, they're, they're great. And then you'll need to mic them up. You know, they just don't have that massive throw of sound that you'll sort of see on or hear on other bigger amps. We've got uh, Mark Effects. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Clearwater, Florida. Man, I hope you guys are doing all right down there. Far out, Florida. We're lucky we didn't do our trip when we did. Uh, like now instead of when we did because it would have been a... Would have been a crazy time you know we're in naples as well which uh just for a, a day or so and wow what a what a crazy time over there with all those uh, with the hurricane and the floods and you know where we had lunch one of our last days in new smyrna beach which is up from daytona it was like uh the main street there was full of seawater it's like what <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's crazy it uh I, it's yeah anyway stay safe i don't know how bad it is there now but hopefully you guys are doing all right <laughs> johnny beck says it's 3 26 a.m <laughs> sorry about that mate i'm trying to mix it up trying to mix it up make it work for everybody What's my favorite modeling amp these days? Hey, Fat, welcome, man. Hope you're feeling all right. I gave you a shout out at the start of this video. Sending you well wishes, so hope you're feeling a bit better, man. Um, in terms of modeling amps, I'm the only one I've got is the Joyo DCS-15 little practice amplifier. That's it. I don't have any more of them. And, well, actually, I, I do have another little practice amp, but I'm not really using practice amps as my... Like, like as a, or, oh, I just say modeling amp, sorry. I'm not really using it like a modeling amp as my main live amp or anything like that. I'm using valve amps or tube amps. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I, I'd say my favorite one, my favorite one of all time would have to be the Mustang 3 version 2. Things so loud, you know, it peels the paint off the wall kind of loud and they got it right. Like it has the big 3D projection. If you change the speaker, if you choose to, you can make that sound even better. But um, yeah, there's probably better options possibly out there now, but I don't have any. I, I don't really go looking for them anymore either. Sort of like, yeah, kind of bit over the whole million, million options thing. We we're talking about that before. Well, I hope you're feeling better, man. Uh, my RK50K came with the EL34 tube stock. Oh, so a bit more like a Marshall. That's cool. 
You can take EL 34 6L6 tubes, the bias adjustment. Also variants like KT77. Okay, very cool, man. Oh, that sounds good. Those kind of amps are really practical. Um, Dr. Rick had a Victoria amp that you could switch out the power tubes. And it's like, what more do you need? That's pretty wild to be able to do that. Can completely change the feel, the dynamics, and also you know the volume very easily by doing that. So that's super cool. All right, we've got uh, Baked Alaska's here. Welcome, man, from Fort Collins, Colorado. You're going to have to change your name, man. Baked baked Colorado, maybe. <laughs> All right, let me go down here. The first computer I used way, way back in high school used punch cards. Wow. Uh, you can imagine... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a wang. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can see, you can imagine how that name went down with the school kids. Yeah, totally. It felt funny saying it, even though that's a brand name. I remember the first time I saw that, I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's probably like Smith, you know, in other parts of the world. But it's, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, man, really? Amps <laughs> so randomly bust into flames. I can see that being a bit of a downer from floop de doo yeah, I heard a, a few people had those problems. Uh, it may have just been a, a couple of isolated incident, incidents, but uh, yeah, that, those guys, man. Uh, anyway, there's some weird stuff companies think that are okay to do. Uh, I just, I was like, never contact me again with them. And it was unrelated to that too, but uh, yeah, wow. Uh, hey, Chris Kane is making an in-store appearance at Replay Guitar Exchange here in Tampa on... Uh, What's that? QCT. What's that? 11. Um, awesome. Go check him out. Dude's such a nice guy. Monster player. Great vocalist. Great songwriter. Just unreal. So, yeah, definitely go check him out. I think you'll be in for a bit of a treat. Um, Lefty White Artist Strat sold out on the website before the availability date. Wow. Okay. So maybe a few of those might be a little bit behind uh, schedule, but they'll send them out whenever they can, I'm sure. They know the videos um, really help them, and I, I love showcasing lefties on the channel. I'm more than happy to do that, especially sort of like the more affordable stuff as well. All right. Raphael's here. Welcome, man. He says, hey, get to watch you live. Just finished watching the Blues Brother movie yesterday. You mentioned it a few times. It was on Netflix, so I gave it a go. It's so good. It's awesome, huh? There's so many one-liners in, I know that's technically 1979, but in like 80s movies in general, it's uh, it's one of the best and it grows on you. The more you watch it, the more of the subtle humor you pick up and the more I think you'll appreciate even the musicality of it. And once you know how all that was put together, the James Brown, the Aretha was all done live. Like their vocals were all done live because they couldn't lip sync. There's a really great documentary, I think even on the... The DVD of uh, the Blues Brothers, I got the extended cut. And there's so much of that music that was done in the moment. You know, it's it's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you've watched it. Awesome. If you haven't seen it, everybody else watching, go watch it. Just got my artist TC59 Telecaster out of its case. And it's always, and as always, it still plays perfectly in, in tune. Instantly, yeah, oh, man, I can't read this today. Instantly made me want to play ZZ Top. It's a great guitar. A little on the heavy side, that was my 
my only critique about that one, but yeah, tone-wise, I mean, those pickups sound great and it's, it looks beautiful. Chris says, just jumped on, watching the Rolling Stones doco on Channel 9, going to London next March. Very cool. Do you know of any good guitar shops around London? I don't. <laughs> it's, I've never been there. I've been to a lot of places, or enough, quite a few places over the years at least. Never been to London. It has to be on my list at some point. So maybe I'll do a few places over there, you know, in a few years' time or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, I, I don't really know any, I don't know any stores that really, off the top of my head, that made me go, oh, yeah. I, I do know there's a lefty shop over there somewhere. I don't know if it's just online, but I remember looking and finding it when I when I was doing some research and some stuff. But um, yeah, I'm probably not the best guy to ask because <laughs> I've never been there, unfortunately. But yeah, anyway, have fun. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be a great trip. I think my next trip might have to be somewhere like completely different. I wouldn't mind going to like Finland or something. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Speaking of the power tubes, have you watched the series about guitar tone cabs and amps from Jim Lil, is it? Helps understand what effects sounds really have it's quite mind-blowing oh i haven't seen that no but uh you know speakers make a massive difference cab size makes a massive difference when you compare 6l6 up against 6v6 you'll hear a difference if all other things are equal in terms of sag and headroom and all that kind of stuff um el84s and all, all yeah there's lots of different things so um i have to look that up that sounds cool Um, hey, hey, John says, speaking of the Blues Brothers, did you ever hear the two live Blues Brother albums or only the movie soundtrack? I've got, yeah, I've got one on CD, believe it or not. I still have it. <laughs> it's great. That's when they did uh, that tune Rubber Biscuit, which is kind of hilarious, but also m addictive. And one of the songs I, I sing now live is um, Cell Block Number 9. I, I love that tune. That's uh, it's one of my favorites. I that would have been a good one to throw into the movie as well, but they obviously had enough uh, music. But yeah, plenty of great, plenty of great tracks. Yeah, there you go. DMS says Rubber Biscuit. There you go. Uh, Alex says I saw it in the cinemas when it came out and still love it. Wow, man, that's super cool. Very cool. All right, let me scroll down here. All right, so everyone's saying uh, London stores, Denmark Street is the guitar strip. There you go, got a guitar strip there. Why haven't I been? You know, all those Guitar Search Saturday videos, I got to get there at some point. I'd like to cover a lot of ground doing those that series. But, you know, I still have a few in editing and they're like such huge jobs. I've just been pushing them back. And they're the two best ones in terms of like, maybe not best, they're most unique. One, The last one's like the finale. That's epic, but... Yeah, I, I, I want to find a faster way of putting those videos together because even though it's still faster now, it's it's still a lot of work. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Dougal says, same here. My TC59 weighs about 4.8 kilograms or over 10 pounds. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, they, they are heavy. I remember just thinking even as, as it was on my lap, sometimes it was kind of heavy. It's like, oh, this, this thing's brutal. And it's worth mentioning, I mean, now I'm like 
putting the actual weight of the guitar on screen. I take it out into the kitchen. I've got a scale there for it, put it on, you know, check out the weight and we're good to go. But then there's also sample variations as well. Like not all guitars are going to be the exact same weight. So people might go, hey, mine's half a kilo heavier. Why? It's uh, I, I usually don't like listing prices and weights in videos, but a lot of people do like that stuff. Aretha's version of Think was awesome. Um, yeah, didn't realize she sang it live. Yeah, she couldn't lip sync. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty amazing. I remember the editor saying how much it was like the worst editing project they'd ever done. Uh, but just based on like, because the, the lip syncing thing didn't work, they may have got, they may have added some of that in there, or maybe they did multiple takes, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I remember hearing James Brown, and you can tell James Brown's one's live, right? Like, it's just, you can't fake that. And same with Aretha's. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. There's probably more than that. I wouldn't be surprised in terms of maybe Ray Charles possibly as well. I remember the, the doco is really good. <laughs> what do you want for nothing? Rubber biscuit? Bow, bow, bow. Uh, all right. Max says, Shane, writing for you with your... <laughs> yeah, it is, I think, here. Uh, with your recent trip, USA trip, could you do... Uh, hang on. Sorry. Let me... With your recent USA trip, could you, uh, I guess, do a quick comparison between the USA guitar scene on the street compared to the guitar scene, say, in Melbourne or Sydney. Um, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. There's actually, once I get all of these ones done, there's two to go that I haven't finished. There's going to be more content from that stuff that I haven't put together, and that sounds like a, a good idea too. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for the suggestion, and uh, I'll see what I can do. I'd like to revisit a few shops that I visited on the first within the first 10 because some of those videos were atrocious <laughs> based on the hidden camera and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a a welcoming sort of like, hey, like the, the format now where I'm sort of walking through with everybody at the same time. So, yeah. I'll see what I can do. That sounds cool. Have I tried, have I played with any solid state amps like the Roland Jazz Chorus? I played with a Roland Jazz Chorus in San Fran one of the little 40 watt ones and it was awesome um loud enough works good with pedals or well with pedals no problems at all i've also played the jc120 i actually was going to bring that home and play it for a review video things heavy <laughs> it's so heavy so i i core it's physically big and i couldn't get in the car with the rest of the stuff so i think it's probably still at sky music i'll, I'll get back there starting starting to borrow stuff at uh, some point, but um, I've just got to catch up on <laughs> all the other stuff I've kind of put off for a while and then I'll get back into it. That'll be an amp I can definitely um, showcase on the channel. I did a review at my house here of the 40 watt one. They're pretty good. A lot of people don't love the drive channel and yeah, I get it. It's not the best, but it's usable in a pinch. I, I kind of look at it like that. Like while it might not be your first, your first sort of, choice if your overdrive fails you can at least get something out of it that works um but they're bulletproof absolutely bulletproof the one that my friend ed had um basically was it was old as and we he used it every week <laughs> no matter what he'd be using the Roland jazz chorus and i got to play through it a few times so 
I have no problems recommending them in terms of their like build quality or whatever, but you're buying it for the clean channel. You're not buying it for the drive channel. Just just keep that in mind. But I, I think they're quite good. <laughs> Everybody's uh, quoting Blues Brothers. It's so good. Um, the old outlaw says Blues Brothers is beautifully filmed too. It is. And I think another thing that um, if you haven't seen the extended cut, go watch it. You know where John Lee Hook is jamming in the street? That whole scene is like two minutes longer on the extended cut. You know, you see where they park the car at the apartment, all that kind of thing. There's all this extra stuff thrown in. You see, um, see Alwood Blues quit his job and what goes on with that. It's There's so much more in there. It's definitely worth watching. And some of those shots are just filmed. You're right. It's filmed beautifully. It really is. Uh, thoughts on the 50,000 Gibson Greeny Al Paul, Les Paul? Yeah, no. <laughs> 50 grand on a guitar. I don't know. I don't know much about it. If it's the signature model one you're talking about, um, it's ridiculous. I did see a thumbnail with the, was it Kirk Hammett possibly in another one with some crazy price? Yeah, you don't need that. I mean, look, I always say this, if you if 50 grand you use like 10 bucks or a hundred or a thousand dollars to us, maybe that's okay. <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, I don't have much to say about guitars that are that expensive. You know, the Murphy Lab stuff is expensive and how much different is a guitar going to be at, at three grand, 10 and 50? Probably not a lot. Would, would be my uh, two cents on it. But I know they do that from time to time. I know they did a run with like Mark Knopfler where he like signed the headstocks and they were really expensive, but they sold really quick too. So I think a lot of people buying like those artist guitars where they might've signed them or had done something to them. I get it. They, they're probably rich ultra fans would be my, um, would be my sort of like two cents on that. And that's not a bad thing if you can like afford to do it and you can justify it. Or if you're a massive, oh, I don't even know if collector's the right word. I think people buying those, I mean, collectors will probably buy them and try to make a few bucks on them or a lot. But you'd want to be an like a, a, a massive fan of whoever's guitar you, you're shelling out that amount of money for. Right? To me, that makes no sense. I, I'd rather just listen to their music and jam along. <laughs> but I'm a tight ass when it comes to spending 50 grand on a freaking guitar, man. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's crazy. You know, I sort of stayed clear of all of that stuff. I did see a few thumbnails. And it's not really something that interests me, so I didn't actually, like, spend time looking at it. <laughs> the thumbnail told me everything I needed to know. I was like, all right, I don't need to watch this. Oh, okay. Let's... Uh, uh, hang on. Max says, I meant to ask you on the street where the Muso's on the street. Oh, okay. So you're talking about like, we call that busking. Gotcha. Um, so like street musicians, what the difference is. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the actual scene. Like the, because yeah, a lot of music shops here, they're all over the place. They're not like in a, in a row or anything like that. And that's kind of how I felt about it in the US. There's not like lots of guitar shops <laughs> in really like one area. So, um, yeah, anyway, that, that's cool. That'd be an interesting thing to do. 
You know, I used to love shooting like little documentaries and stuff, and I haven't done a lot of that lately. Not in like a traditional sense. Um, I just think it comes like closest to that, I guess, is the uh, the Guitar Search Saturdays. They're not really though. So yeah, it's. Uh, I, I would actually really like to do some something like that. That'd be cool. Oh, the chat just flew down here. If anyone's got any questions, just at in the bluesman, you know, the at sign for the email. If you're on a phone, it's harder to do that. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't auto-fill, or it never used to. John says, greetings from the UK. I toured with the JC120 in the 80s. Wish I had it still. Also, my hair. <laughs> also, my hair and waistline. That's hilarious. Very cool, man. Welcome. Um, You know, JC120s. It's a massive, massive amplifier. 212s, loud. You know, Albert King basically played one of those. That was his sound for years. Everyone, I think, assumed he played a, a tube amp, but he didn't. The JC120 was all over the place on his recording. So um, good enough for Albert, good enough for us. You know, all those blue snobs that say, oh, you can't play that amp. Why are you playing this? It's like, you go go do some research. <laughs> I love that about the old PV amps, you know, I, I go back to the bandits. You see so many players from the 70s and 80s on TV shows and all the back lines are PV bandits. It's like, or, or similar for the bass, you know. It's pretty cool. Friend of mine had a roll on Jazz Cube Chorus 120 loud as hell and heavy as a truck. Uh, too hard to use in small venues. Yeah, totally. That's from the old Outlaw, by the way. Um, yeah, those amps, oh, yeah, they're just big and loud. <laughs> If that's what you need, they're great. Yeah, solid state amps are still very appealing to people because of the reliability. And at the end of the day, right, all these nuanced things that you can hear when you isolate things next to each other in a room, all of that goes out the window when you get something into a band situation or when you're jamming with friends. None of that really matters. It's just the sad reality of it is you can nitpick and... You know, that's why I can't watch a lot of channels who spend 30 minutes critiquing something. I don't even use it in the context of a mix. Like, go play it live and see if it works. Don't obsess about the 1% difference in the top end between the original and a clone. I don't need that. It's useless information. Anyway, that's just my rant. <laughs> uh... Would you happen to know the wiring for LR Bags piezo bridge on a Strat? No. <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm sure if you found... What I normally do anytime I need to find any type of wiring diagram, I type that in. Just type in wiring diagram piezo. And it, odds are you'll find it. Or did you say Strat? You did. Yeah, I'm sure that'll have... You'll be able to find that info pretty easily. The wiring diagrams are easy to find. Go to... When you do the search, just go to images and see what pops up as well. You don't have to go to a website first. So Google Images makes finding those things really easy. Um, but no, I'm, I don't know much about... I, I've never wired one of those in, so I have no idea. Uh, what amps do you... What amp do you prefer to play P90s through breaks up too fast with my twin reverb? Tell you what, try your volume control on your guitar. You know, a lot of people forget... Like P90s inherently have that sort of, sort of, it's not overdriven top end, but it kind of is. 
use your volume control. Turn down a little bit. A lot of players will use their volumes at about eight and, and not get past there unless they want to get really dirty. Um, but that's the inherent thing of P90s. Your twin isn't the problem. The twins have got a lot of clean headroom. So you're hearing the character of the pickup, but the only way around that is to turn your guitar volume down or experiment a little bit with the tone controls. But if you don't love a P90 tone, they might not be the best pickup for you. That would be my two cents on it because you can't kind of, with the guitar all the way up on in its volume, you can't really do much with the tone. It comes down to using your tone, like the overall character, I should say. You can do a bit about the tone by using your control and the volume. They're the two things that'll give you the best sound. Um, if you want to sort of get away from that traditional sound. You know, a lot of the time when I review um, like a P90 single pickup guitar, if it's there's one in the bridge, I use the tone and volume controls to emulate a neck pickup sound. It rolls out the top, it rolls out those sort of inherent tops of the P90. You get a very different sound overall. So you'll never get completely away from it, but um, I would say in that case, you might be better off with some humbuckers if you like that more. But you should be able to get some pretty good tones just by using your your controls on the guitar. But I think the biggest thing is the twin isn't the problem because uh, if that's breaking up, <laughs> it's just the character of the pickup. Some P90s are, are like, they have more output than others as well, but they're a full range pickup as well. Another thing you can try is turn your bass control down on the amp. Some like single coils inherently have higher and lower frequencies than humbuckers. Humbuckers are fat sounding, but they're fat in the mid range. They're not as fat and clear on the low end and they don't often have as much tops. Not all pickups are the same, but generally speaking. So try that. Try re-EQing your amplifier. Take out the low end. See if you get a sound that sounds less drivey. But that's the character of those pickups. They're not humbuckers and they're not strat pickups. So yeah, you might be hearing it, it, kind of what it does, you know. Uh, all right. Dougal says, when I play large, heavy amps, with just the way of things, I used to piggyback an MR amp. I don't know those. 410 cab for bass. Oh, wow. Cool. Bought a Ford Escort van to carry my stuff. Very cool, mate. That's awesome. Um, uh, Christian says, random question. <laughs> Dude, uh, have you tried VR? Uh, in a new game, there's an acoustic guitar in your little house you can pick it up and have a play it's kind of good you know i i've not tried that at all i i don't have the, the goggles or the anything to to do any of that stuff so uh i'll tell you what i can do though i can go into that room pick up a guitar and i'm good to go <laughs> no nah, look that i actually wouldn't mind trying that it sounds kind of fun but um yeah i i don't really spend too much time uh yeah i'd be interested to see if anyone else does any of that stuff I know like that whole metaverse thing. I, I'm not I'm not on Facebook as a private account anymore. I don't have I haven't tried any of that stuff. I'm going back to <laughs> doing less of that and for me that works. But yeah, I tell you what, that does sound very interesting. Uh maybe the reality of venues just aren't fit to play live music and you need something tailored, not just a bunch of PVs to throw in the back. Uh yeah, well I'll tell you what. This is the biggest problem with what happened a lot here in, in at least Melbourne. 
probably other parts of the world. There's a big live scene. They build up apartments all around the hotel that's been there for 30 years prior to everyone else. <laughs> and then the people that move in right next to the pub that's had 30 years of music history complain about the noise and then they have to stop. It happens everywhere and it sucks. But uh, there's certain places you can still go out and play live and bring whatever amp you like. And I agree, there's a, a, the right tools for the job with anything, whether you're playing live, you're at the house, whatever the case may be. Some venues will supply a line, a back line of like Blues Juniors. Some will have a Fender Hot Rod DeVille and a Marshall DSL 40 if there's amps available, right? These are just situations I've been in. Other times, it's like you got to play the smallest amp you have with the smallest cab because there's no room anywhere. And sometimes you just go straight into the PA system. So, yeah, the, the sad reality of it, at least here, is a lot of venues, especially in the just out of the city, that's exactly what happened. They had a lot of live music. Then they got a lot of residential buildings put up. See you later, live music. There's other factors as well, but that was a big part of it. Whiskey says, I have two late 70s Yamaha G-Series solid-state amps. The answer to the JC120. You know what? There's one of those not far from where I am. I'm, I'm kind of keen, keen to check one of those out. I've, I've heard good things about them. They're cheap and they're everywhere. Crystal clean, great pedal platform, very loud when needed. Rivera, early work for pennies. Wow. Okay, cool. Very cool. I'll see if I can get my hands on one of those at some point. I'd be interested to try them out. Um... Did you say they're the 2x12s? I think the one I saw was a 2x12. Or it may, may be in 10s, but I think it was 2x12s. All right. Uh, good morning, Shane. Just looked at... This is from T. Says... Excuse me. Sorry. Fizzy drinks, man. I know better than to, like, have them while I'm streaming, but it is what it is. Says, good morning, Shane. Just looked at the specs on the Eric Clapton signature... Custom shop and USA, weight seems, uh, I guess that's the same. Uh, does the selected top make a difference on the custom shop? Most other specs are very similar, thoughts. I think it's been pretty much proven <laughs> that the, uh, the wood selection makes very little difference. It's probably a weight thing. Oh, did you say the weight? Now, I, I would say just... This is the good thing about some good music shops. If you check... Oh, hang on. Let me just read this again. I don't know where you're looking for... Uh, custom shop and the USA one. I think the exact same model because I know the Clapton Strat's gone through a bit of an evolution over the years. It used to have that V-neck, the lace sensor style pickup, or the lace sensor pickups actually in that active TBX circuit. Then... Vendors started making their own pickups that were clones of the lace sensors, probably to save three bucks, whatever the case may be. Um, and if the only difference is the top, I would say they're probably the same. I, I would double check the pickups because I know when we reviewed the James Burton Telecaster a little while back, we thought they were lace sensor pickups and they were Fender's pickups. I put the little screenshot of that on screen because I know everyone would know that they would be lace sensor pickups. So just double check that. Check for the TBX circuit thing. You know, I haven't 
I know uh, I know Eric Clapton's playing or was playing uh, the latest generation of noiseless pickups instead. So, uh, yeah, just double check all of that kind of stuff. But I, I would say there's probably not a huge difference between them inherently unless the pickups are different. Um, yeah, so just, just keep that in mind. Uh, turn the gain up, turn the volume down, volume up, gain down with, <laughs> yeah, get the sound that you want. Exactly. It all comes down to just fiddling around, you know, like once you get the day, the day things clicked for me was when I found the sound I was looking for in my head and it made the biggest difference. It means I can grab any guitar almost play through any amp and make it work. You know, the amp's probably the biggest point of tone when it comes to the combination of gear. You can have a great guitar going through a, a terrible amp and it's not going to sound great, but you can have a, a cheap guitar going through a great amp and it's going to sound far better. So the amp makes a huge difference, but you know, once you have the sound in your head, you can kind of work, make it work. You can get any pedal and kind of get a good sound if you know what you're looking for. I think a lot of people struggle trying to get a sound that is A, what they want, getting it consistently, and then they change guitars and everything sounds different. You know, that, that just takes time, takes experience, and the more you do it, you'll force yourself to play different guitars and different amps, and you know inherently what you kind of want to get, then then you're, then you're good to go. Scratch uh, Padsky says, hi, Shane. Thanks for the live show. Hey, no worries, man. Thank you. John says, P9 is too hot. Try experimenting with the underdrive, just an overdrive or boost with the gain lower than Unity. Oh, there's another good tip. There you go. Very cool. Um, I found Porno 5 killed a lot of businesses and even taking smoking out of the venue, poking machines and the price of beer really made it hard. Yeah, I think the poking machine thing was probably a result of yeah, all, you're right. All of those other factors as well. Um, yeah, there's not much you can do, man. Like, it's it's kind of tough. I think people are... I don't know. I mean, the last few years, I guess, have been the worst thing to happen to live music, it, you know, especially for touring artists and all the hassles associated with it. It was such a pain in the ass, man. Just ruined, like, a lot of people's uh outlet and what they did for work and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's um there's a lot of things that have definitely made live music tough for venues no questions about it it's funny you mentioned smoking because there's a couple of places i've played at florida where they still in florida and it's an exception to the rule where they still allow smoking it's like what like the people smoking in here it was it was weird i couldn't believe it it's like oh wow yeah i forgot people did this in venues because the first probably i can't remember what year that came in but i remember like taking the smoky room for great i don't smoke i've never tried a cigarette and i remember all of a sudden not having that i remember we used to go out of the venue because i'm like man it stinks in there there's smoke everywhere you go out and it's like oh this is great um and as a as a non-smoker, I didn't mind that they they sort of got rid of it, but I get it. It's you know people's 
goes hand in hand with some people's night out or whatever the case may be. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking as an ex-smoker, I fully support not smoking indoors at venues. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, there's... Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's there's not, not a lot that can... Yeah, it, it was... I couldn't imagine going back to it now, especially after 20 years or however long it's been, right? Um, uh, Mike says, good point. Why am I seeing the value in acoustics lately? Oh, that's why I'm seeing the value in acoustics lately, not relying on power or effects or to get a certain sound, even without a pick. It happens if you don't have one, then you can't play. Um, yeah, acoustics are great for developing uh, your technique and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's going to be vastly a vastly different guitar to playing a, an electric guitar with a lot of drive. I mean, it really comes down to what you want to play, but acoustics make it tough. It exposes all the weaknesses in the playing. And every year or so when I pick up an acoustic, I'm like, man, I suck at acoustic guitar. <laughs> you hear all the flubs. Yeah, you know, even on a clean channel of an amp, it's more forgiving than an acoustic guitar. Um, so yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi burn systems would matter on electric guitar at all, or is it mo all the pickups? Uh, the, it's a combination of stuff, but I would say the pickups, how good the nut is as well, would have to impact the sustain. You know, the hardware also makes a difference. I don't. I, I've seen enough tests to realize now the wood makes very little difference in terms of sound. There's clear, you know, even going back five years, there was enough of that evidence out there. But there's some really great tests where one pickup's drilled into one piece of wood, then drilled into the next piece of wood. I can't hear a difference. Maybe you guys can. I, I don't know. Just let us know. Hey, there we go, Ross. That's exactly what I was thinking about, mate. I hope you're doing well. Oh, I just sent you my, my new number, by the way. <laughs> uh, remember the old yak bar and the smoke in that venue. Thank goodness we don't have to put up with that anymore. That's exactly the place I was thinking of. You know, I, I remember it stopped, the smoking thing stopped maybe three years or so after I first started going there and it was brutal. Small room full of smoke. You know, I know you're a non-smoker too, so it was like unbelievable. And the smaller the venue, right, the worse it is. So that, that didn't have ventilation. It was just like you walk into a haze and that was just the normal, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't miss that at all. I'm glad you're on here, mate. I apologize for not sending you my number. I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a hello. Well, I remember, mate. Fire out. Sorry, man. There you go. There we go. Done. Ross is great. If you need some uh, good lessons, go check out his website. I'm sure you'll find it off his uh, YouTube link there. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fat says, Tomewood is, is a myth. Don't kill me. Yeah, look, I, I agree. Like some, maybe the sustain is different. I, I just don't think there's going to be a massive difference in the way that it sounds. And I think it shouldn't matter at the end of the day. Just buy the guitar you like and, and that inspires you to play and forget about all the nonsense. You know, that's one of the things that is, is no good. Uh... Mike says, this is good. He says, I've learned my electric roofs on the acoustic. When the power goes out, I'm still good. Yeah, very good, man. Now, I don't own an acoustic guitar anymore. I've 
I just don't use them enough. I always, the one I want to get is the Taylor GS Mini. I, I'd love to get one of those with a pickup. That would be my keeper. I don't need anything too elaborate, but I don't want something that I regret buying. Like, I'm not going to say I regret buying the Epiphone that I had, but it was huge. It was way too big for me, but I loved it visually. It was great. Then the case was bigger and it feels a, like a massive, <laughs> yeah, you know, they just take up a lot of space. So, um, anyone have any horror stories of music gear not purchased back in the day that is now worth as much as a house? Wow. Yeah, not me. Um, I did own a guitar that went up in value quite considerably. This is a collector who's got a right-handed vari variation of one that I had, uh, and that went up a lot. I, I think I paid 2750 Australian dollars back in 2002 for it. So it was a lot of money back then. Um, and now it's worth about 10 grand. <laughs> or he has it for 10 grand. I don't know if it's worth that or not, but yeah, let us know in the comments here. That'll be interesting to find out. Um, Dougal says, a hollow body electric with a reasonable unplugged sound can be handy for practicing. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I used to play, when I played an ES-335, well, not the so much the Gibson, but the Epiphone, I used to use that as my acoustic guitar too. I, it was It's a great way of doing it. Uh, it's not the type of wood. It is the individual pieces of wood in the body. Uh, whoops, the chat just moved. And I can't find the rest. Oh, here we go. Um, the right piece of any wood may or may not be tone wood. Right piece of any wood may or may not be tone wood. I think anything on a guitar is considered that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Hey, thank you, uh, Ed Vetter man. I appreciate that. Uh, he cost me a lot of money making by making all review. Damn, sorry, let me start this again. You cost me a lot of money by making all reviewed gear sound like the perfect fix to my woes. <laughs> but I love the channel. Hey, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. That's super cool. Um, and apologies for that. I, I always try to get the best sound I can get on anything because I figure, you know, I get a lot of people that say, why don't you play through a, a less expensive amp? It doesn't make much difference. I like using familiar gear. And even if I'm using like that five watt amp that came in through one of my other speakers, it's still going to sound pretty good. Um, and that's that's kind of like the the uh, the challenge for me is to make something work and to get a bit of time with it and go, okay, how do I find my sound in here? And uh, I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, hopefully I haven't cost you too much. I tell you what, it happens to me through YouTube watching other content you know, in the tech and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm a, I, it happens to me too. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the super chat. All right. Uh, Matty Q's here. Welcome, man. Uh, oh, Ross says the Taylor GS Mini is the best buy out there. Great guitar for the money. That's what I kind of think too. Every time I got to see a few while I was away in Florida a few months back and I've seen them here too. The one that I, I've said this story before. I picked one up, I loved it. I went back the next day, it was sold. It's like, man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, I don't often go back the next day for stuff. It only It's only happened a few times when I got that PRSSE Custom 24, went back the next day after returning it to Sky Music and I ended up buying it. Um, 
Yeah, they're, I reckon they're great. They sound and feel good to play. I, I'm just not a big fan of like... The thing I like least about acoustic guitar, and I don't know if anyone else relates to this. I guess most people watching this be right-handed, but it's your rhythm hand. I hate... I was talking to Rick about this as well, how they're always pointy on the edges and it gets you in under here and your arm is like a lot more further out than it is on electric, which is way more ergonomic. It's almost like this, right? It's that kind of thing. So yeah, I just can't get into it. And I think the Taylor GS Mini or even some of those like electric looking acoustics would be a really great choice as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, either way, like uh, that'll probably be my next guitar. Sigma also make a range of GS Mini style guitars that are basically like Martin copies, which I love the look of and feel of as well. They're actually quite a bit cheaper, but yeah, the GS Mini will have to be the one at some point when I get motivated to play acoustic again. It's hard for me to want to buy guitars now because I'm not playing live as much. I'm still playing live like every other weekend or whatever, but just not as much as I was. And it, it's sort of like, I really need it. You know, like, but when's that ever stopped anybody? And Ed Vetterman, thank you again, mate. I appreciate the uh, the super chat there. Thank you. All right. Sorry, I'm going to just scroll to the... Oh, here we are. Oh, okay. It's not that far. Mike Jones. Oh, Matty Q. Welcome, man. Mike Jones says, I was never an acoustic player either, but I got tired of tone knob fiddling, so I picked up... So I picked it up more, and I got... A great tone right there and the stuff I play sounds good on it. I mean, look, acoustic can sound great. There's no questions about it just because I don't know one doesn't mean anyone else shouldn't. So, uh, yeah, I, a great acoustic guitar gig or, you know, if there's other instrumentation going on is, is fantastic. And some of my favorite songs have just real simple rhythm parts on acoustic and I could listen to it all day. So, yeah, very cool. I played one. I played acoustic guitar for the first 40 years of my playing and now electric for the last six. Current lot, one acoustic, three electrics, two amps, gas. Come on, man. What kind of... John in the chat here, he, he, he'd scoff at that collection. He's got like 20 electric guitars <laughs> and counting. No, no, I'm only kidding. That's one acoustic. If you love it, why do you need another one, right? So smart move. Um, I think that's that's a, a, a great... It sounds like a good collection. Three three electrics. So Strat Tally, Les Paul, something like that. Done. I think most people don't realize how much amps affect their sound. The first thing, it the, the analogy to this is like camera equipment. People don't realize like how much a lens impacts your end result. They're always looking for the next camera body. Same with a guitar. Your amp will ch drastically change your sound way more than just switching from a different guitar. There are some exceptions to it, of course, but um, yeah, you plug into like a boogie and then you plug into like a Fender amp. You know, so it's going to be vastly different. Um, so yeah, amps are probably the thing that uh, a lot of people seem to underestimate when it comes to tone. I, I think it's the biggest put. Nick, other than you're playing, I, I think the, the amp is the biggest thing that will change give you a better sound i remember when i went from a, a like a, a toy amp that i had a samic one at the time it's a piece of crap it wasn't good <laughs> i could probably now get a good decent live sound out of it it'd be better than when i had it based on experience but going over to a yorkville trainer was like 
infinitely better. It's like all of a sudden my playing was sounding better in the mix. I had a consistent tone. It was loud enough. It had all the good stuff and it it made everything better. So um don't skimp on the amp if you if you can. You know, like get the amp you want for the sound you're going for. All right, let me uh let me just check the how long we've been going for here. Because I don't want to go too late because I gotta timestamp all of this stuff. All right, we'll go for another 10 minutes. That's an hour and a half. I'll keep an eye on that. Thank you everybody again for for joining in. We've still got a bit about 10 minutes left. <laughs> what was it? Um, will Keys to the Guitar Shop come back? It will. Stay tuned, man. There's just been a few logistical problems with, with doing that. Um, we've actually got something else planned as well with Rick and myself and uh, both Daves. So stay tuned for that. We're actually talking about... There was a few things that got in the way of doing that uh, shoot. Nothing to do with the store, just logistics and... It's also a massive job. And if I can't have, can't do live switching, editing the files is brutal, right? It's, there's a few, yeah, it's just a massive, massive job. But I definitely want to do more of those coming up. And Rihanna will def, if she's free, she'll help us do the switching because it makes the biggest difference to the, to the productivity and the file sizes. Because if I can't do it that way, essentially I've got a camera full of, you know, there's two 128 gig cards in the side and I've got four cameras that are full of, what's that? What's 128 times eight? <laughs> That's how much file size we've got, right? It's just too hard to edit. And then I've got all the audio stuff. So having help with it is the way that it's going to go. Um, I already sent an email to the store about that. So stay tuned. I'm going to do more of that. I've just got to get through a bit of a backlog of stuff that uh, I, I said I'd do. And then we're going to get more into some fun playing stuff again because I, I really love doing that. All right. Uh, hey, man, not a guitar-related question. Have you ever ex experienced burnout with music? Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, the funny thing is I always like listening to music irrespective of if I'm playing much, uh, a lot. I think what with what I do as my job, burnout happens more often than not. I know when I'm not... Enjoy, when I don't have the urge to go to a jam, like a blues jam or an open mic night or whatever, that's usually at the point where I feel like I'm done. It's different now because what I end up doing, I do all the editing myself unless it's a live show or whatever, but um, basically the, you know, when you play guitar in a different capacity to like a gig, like I still, I still am I'm a muso, but I'm not necessarily writing a lot of songs just the YouTube process, if I go hard and, and there's like, there's a great example. I shot about 20 videos of Jerry's Lefty Guitars in four or five days, just playing videos. I was fried. It took me like, a, it took me a while to get over that. I still love playing, but the work capacity part of it's different to just going out and playing. I usually find when I, I'm in a frame of mind where I'm bored, it's usually because I'm not finding something that inspires me or I'm really just dissatisfied with how I'm playing more so than anything else. And getting out of those ruts is sometimes pretty challenging, but sometimes when I feel like my playing's gone downhill or I haven't played for a few weeks, 
I spend two days, 45 minutes each day. And by the end of the second day, I'm playing great or back to where I'm usually at um, or close to. And uh, yeah, sometimes you just got to find something different to listen to. A, a big part of it is not listening to the same people you were listening to. Well, you can, if that's what inspires you 20 years ago, but you got to continually evolve your playing. And it, it takes a bit of work, you know, like focus on working on something different if you're feeling burnt out with guitar or get some balance. Like there's, you look at a lot of musos, they're like pretty unhealthy, right? Go for a walk, come back. Go for a walk every day you play guitar. You feel a million times better and you won't affect your guitar playing. Like for me, I do weights now because that's for me like the, the counterbalance to sitting on my butt editing videos or, you know, sitting around playing guitar or challenge yourself to get out and play live. You know, you got to work at something like that because you don't just have to play guitar. <laughs> you can do a lot of other things and still have that as your big passion, right? But try for me, it's about balance. I know if I'm feeling burnt out with music, it's because I haven't done much else. And all I've, all I've been doing is like playing guitar and editing my videos where I get to see it all again 10 times. So um, yeah, I would say that's how that kind of works for me. But it'd be interesting to see what you guys think in the comments if you've had that kind of experience. And try not to get too frustrated with it. It's pretty normal to kind of get sick of playing and then come back to it or go through a, a phase where you, you kind of like, you don't really want to play. It might not happen to everybody, but I've, I've got other stuff I do outside of this as well, where I feel like if I do too much of the other stuff, I'm dying to play. So sometimes that can work to your favor as well. So find, find something, uh, either a, another creative outlet or, you know, try getting involved in anything outside. You need a, you need a point of difference, right? It, it really does make a difference. Anyway, that, that's food for thought there. All right, we've got about five minutes left. Andrew's back. Welcome, man. You may need a Fender Acoustasonic, Shane. That's from Matty Q. You know what? I think they finally made a lefty. I, I would actually really like to try one of those. I think they're, they're great. I'm not, as, as I said, I'm not much of a, um, a typical large body acoustic guy. I don't really like those guitars, um, but the smaller or thinner ones would definitely be right up there. What's your opinion on the Pure Salem guitar after a while? Build quality okay, still nice. The guitar is great. Like in terms, I, I actually did move it on. I sold it about a, uh, maybe, I'd say eight months ago. A guy came to check out another guitar, bought both. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was a guitar that I wasn't playing a lot. There's nothing wrong with it at all either. It just was one of those guitars I hadn't played a lot. It has been sitting around. It kind of covered my Little Crow's territory as well as my Fender guitars and Vola. I had a lot of T-style electrics and tallies and stuff. So I moved it on. But that had the best mini humbucker in the bridge, that pure Salem Attack Captain pickup. Woo, it was great. But I never really like got on the neck pickup that much on that guitar. But um, build quality-wise, locking tuners, tuning reliability was great. No problems with the neck. Didn't dive or do anything weird. They make good stuff. The guy that's behind that business is a lovely dude too. I haven't met him in person, but I've spoken to him a few times. So while I don't have it, I don't keep all the guitars here. I, I would have way too many and I don't want to get cases, more strings, and I don't have the space to, to keep everything that I don't use. So 
yeah, I, I can't say enough nice things about them. Just wasn't for me. I think also aesthetically the one I had was a bit it was a bit different. It was a little bit too much maybe for me, but it was a beautiful guitar. Just not something that I would reach for all the time. And I, I was using it very infrequently on videos. And eventually I I was like, am I using this enough to really like keep it in the cupboard? And then eventually I was like, no, nah, it's got to go. So. Uh, how's the blues scene around Melbourne? You know, some would say it's great. I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. It depends on your frame of reference. I think it's okay. Like there's gigs you can go to and lots of jams and all that kind of stuff. But sad truth of it is it's the same bands playing the same songs year in and year out with the exception of maybe 5%. Yeah, it's the, the best blues band I've seen or player, Ray Beetle, consistently evolving. Every time you want to, you go to a show, it'll be different or he'll have taken it to the next level. You know, I, I always say there's too many of those suicide blues bands you know, playing the stuff that they've played 500 times that goes nowhere for 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit... It's a bit hit and miss. You know, I haven't been as active in the blues scene in Melbourne for a long time. I I think now for over two years because of everything that happened here in Melbourne, but I just don't know whether or not it's improved since then. It feels like it's pretty much the same crew kicking around, which, you know, if you love what they do, that's, that's all good. But I need to really sort of like see what's going on. I, I'm kind of in my own world doing this a little bit as well because I focus more on getting things done and, you know, doing all my online stuff, but I don't make as much time to go see bands. But at the same time, again, unless it's someone that really impressed me musically, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit through rock me baby for 20 minutes. You know, I, I'm that, that has no dynamics. I don't want to, I don't want to hear that anymore. Uh, Mike says, from this side in, it looks like YouTube doesn't treat you guys too nicely. Got to do a lot for them to keep you relevant in their algorithm, like an abusive relationship. <laughs> um, all right. So there's a few things that doing what I do, you can either, you're right. You've got to understand how it works to get the most out of it. I don't try to put videos out there that please the algorithm. It just, it's not part of the fun. I can look at my analytics and go, okay, if I make 10 more of these videos, they'd probably do well. I'm more interested in just showcasing the stuff I want to showcase. Um, but the great news about it is, even if I stop uploading, I've still got enough of a catalog that it will do okay. So I can't really complain there. There's a lot of people that complain about like how much time it takes editing and all that kind of stuff. Sure, you don't have to put that much work into it if you don't want. If you've got a talking only channel like a lot of people do and they're pretty successful, they can get away with that. But um, yeah, I, I, I've seen it like as a huge opportunity. It changed my life, you know, like I back in 2010, I decided to give it a go. I, you know, I, I was like, all right, let's, how do we do this? Took me four years to leave my job and I left with, nothing i left with like so little money in the bank every month doing this and then i found other ways to grow my income 
outside of this and through it and all that kind of thing too. So, um, yeah, I get it. There, there is a bit of that, but you got to remember a lot of channels charge for their time on every video. That's not how I work, but there's nothing wrong with doing that. They found a way to make a living, right? I never wanted to turn my channel into just doing paid reviews because it's like, that's not fun. I'll be reviewing things just because the offer's there. And I, I say no to 90% of the offers I get because I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to waste a full day and a half or a day or eight hours reviewing something that I'm not at all interested in. Like wireless packs. Every day I get an email from some cheap junk wireless pack brand saying, hey, do you want to review our guitar product? I look at it and I go, no, not interested. Like I was in a money thing, happy to pay. I'm like, not interested. <laughs> I could easily make way more money doing that. It's not something that I want to do. So um, there's plenty of different ways you can make income online uh, and the opportunity. To, I think what it is for a lot of channels, they make a lot of quick content that kind of pleases the algorithm, then it disappears. There's a lot of junk content out there. Um, and some could argue some of my videos are like that too, but I try to make either a good review video that will stand the test of time one way or another, that's my goal. Like, make this video up to my standard or don't release it. And that's how I try to treat everything. I got another couple of YouTube channels. I don't release a video I'm I'm unhappy with. There's so many times I've gotten to the end of the project. I watch it back. I go, this sucks. Do it again. Drag it into the bin next day. Do it again. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I like to operate, but I think it also comes to, it's not quantity. Quantity is a waste of time. If you, if you doing YouTube and you just want to release a thousand crap videos, you're going to get less views than releasing 10 great videos. And I know a lot of mine don't get a lot of hits straight away, but they're found when people search for product reviews. And I'm pretty happy with that. So yeah, rather than all the clickbaity kind of crap. My goal is just to make the best stuff I can while I'm doing it. And uh, yeah, so it stands up a year or two or three or four years later. And my early videos weren't like that great, but they've gotten so much better. So anyway, that's that's my five two cents on it, five cents. Online scam bots, yeah, for sure. Um, so it, the, the interesting thing with YouTube, there's a lot of, I'll just, I'll end with this cause I feel like this is good for other people who are making videos. There's a lot of things people do wrong and they blame the algorithm for that. And I look at other channels, I want to name drop channels, but they've, they've released a thousand videos and every single video has so many flaws, not in the content but in the search traffic results, you need to understand, there's a lot of learning that goes into this. Now, I sat down with one of the top athletes in Australia. I filmed some videos for him uh, about a year or two ago. And he said, oh, I can't seem to get my videos to do well on YouTube. I said, all right, let's do one. I did it for free. He got 275,000 views. I mean, he's a world-class athlete, but he never had more than like 20 or 30,000 views because content was good, Retention time was good. 
everything about it was in it was it ticked all the boxes the thumbnail you search for any review video i've done and you'll see that what they call the search engine optimum optimization and it makes a big difference and it also takes time because you got to remember the longer time goes the more competition there is in any of these fields you know my tech channel is up to almost 30,000 subscribers. And I hardly contribute to that. I might do four videos a month, <laughs> but it still grows, right? Uh, and I took all the principles I had from this channel onto that and it works because the content's good and it has a point and it, there's like a, you know, it's it's helpful for people who are looking at that, those particular things. Um, so it's easy to blame something else for not being found but it also takes time you have to you have to have a video that people watch if it's people click out it doesn't get pushed that's the sad truth of it so you've got to formulate your videos they've got to be strong you've got to speak with conviction there's all of these things that go into having that and lastly it also longevity makes a big difference because you become like the uh you, you become you know an influencer in that niche basically you become an authority uh, and that takes time and sure some of the some of those videos might rank sooner than others and all that kind of stuff but some some niche things are very competitive and it just it not only takes quantity to some extent but it also takes the quality side a lot of people miss and because the standard's so high you have to come in with some sort of strength uh, anyway, yeah, I could talk about this all day. Um, so someone in five years in is looking for subject A, won't find any clickbait title, so they lose long-term viewers. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, so if I'm looking for a review of the Panasonic GH6, or if you look for a review of the GH6, I guarantee my video will be on the one of the first pages. Even though the title doesn't say, oh, maybe it does. I can't. No, it doesn't say um, Panasonic GH6 review. So you can have a look and see what you think of that. Uh, I put the same amount of effort into those videos as I do here because I know it works. Um, and it's also about a lot of other factors too, but you've got to just give it time. It's one, six months isn't enough. You've got to kind of go, okay. Let's review everything that I've got to the best of my ability rather than just trying to pump out content. You know, there's a, a million channels making videos. What makes yours different? Think about that as well. Hobo Rody says charisma is helpful. You know, it's something I struggled with for a long time. You know, it's one of the things where um, I couldn't talk to the camera for years. I sucked at it. A lot of people couldn't understand me in the early days. So I started talking really softly and quietly and like with a higher voice because it kind of worked. And uh, I was like, man, fire out. I did that for so long because people go, oh, what did you say? I couldn't understand you. And now I'm like, no, nah, screw that. <laughs> You're just going to come at it with something interesting as well, right? Like I've always tried to bring something different. The keys to the guitar shop, the Guitar Search Saturdays. I was one of the first two channels doing like actual podcast videos. If you go back like five, seven, eight years with Brian Wampler's channel, however long ago that was. He had one, I was doing one, now everybody's doing them. So there's, you know, you've got to try to come up with something that's a, 
interesting. If you're just reviewing pedals, you'll never get found. Pedals are like one of the biggest wastes of time for a guitar channel. I'll give you that tip. None of my pedal videos take off. Maybe with the exception of about two a year, you're doing them because if if they're on the day of the release, they'll do okay. Otherwise, you're going to struggle or unless they're really unique, like that ZZ Top pedal that I did. People just aren't, it's like too much of it, right? Which is why there's less of it. <laughs> I actually really like doing multi-effects pedals because it's good to see whether or not they sort of change over time. I don't do too many. I might do two a year. But yeah, it's like the, the stuff part of it is only part of it. It's the delivery of the information. It's the, the what can people get out of these this. And not everyone wants to watch five-minute video. Not everyone wants to watch a 45-minute video or a 10 or a 20. You got to find what works to your strength and don't just try to make it longer because that won't work either. So anyway, yeah. You just have to scream at the top of your lungs like Glenn Fricker. Yeah, I mean, that's his shtick, right? That's what he does. He's angry at everything. It's sort of irrespective of what it is. He's, uh, he's a, you know, he's a funny guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, you just got to find your own thing. I think my weird niche is, you know, lefty, affordable guitars. And well, at least that's what it was. But I've always just tried to mix it up because that's what you got to do. Anyway, YouTube's a whole thing. Maybe I'll do a, a discussion on it at some point because it seems like I get a lot of questions about this. I've been meaning to sort of put together something about it at some point. So anyway, that's how we do it. Just wrap up the last 20 minutes of me rambling about YouTube. But there's a lot to learn. Don't think because you're not getting found now, it's because of YouTube. It's, uh, it's usually because of the content or the thumbnail or the title all the SEO, a combination of stuff, all the watch time. You know, I know when I get onto a video, if it's filmed and it sounds terrible, I'll click straight off. I don't care if it's voice audio. I don't care if it's uh, the sound of an amp, if it's distorting and I'm like, what? I can't watch this, click. So there's th some things to keep in mind as well. Hey, Nick in the States, man. Here we go. He says, uh, welcome, mate. I hope you're doing well. Well, this actually gave you a shout out in the comments of... Uh, the Michael Kelly video, I think Jamal said something like, oh, we all need to thank Nick in the States. And I said, absolutely, because he introduced the Michael Kelly guitars to the world. So I hope you're doing well, man. And I know last time I sent you a message was about that guitar that you, I think, purchased, right? Um, well, I need to, I still haven't got that video online, but it's it's on the way. <laughs> it's been ages. I, I, I got sick and then I, I just been on the had on the back burner but uh anyway hope you're doing well and hope you hope your family's doing well mate i got to meet nick i can't remember what year it was now but it was a little while ago got to hang out with him and steve from boston in boston it was super cool go check out his channel folks go give him some subs and nick we want to see you posting again mate <laughs> you got uh, one of the best personalities on camera says it's also delivering with regularity says someone who didn't do great with that you nailed it though people show up because they want to hang out with you totally and that's what i love about your videos man like you know you got you got a certain sort of personality that's great for youtube and i guarantee you this right here's a bit of expertise coming in after five channels that are doing pretty well <laughs> um if you delivered another video that was in 
on point. Not I mean, this isn't criticism, by the way. This is just anybody. So any even if you haven't posted for nine months or a year or however long it's been, and you did a video that relates to your audience base, people are going to watch it. They'll get notified of it. I've still got notifications on for your channel, but it, it has to be you know within the within your subscriptions reason for subscribing. There's all these weird factors and my channel's so diverse now that it's it does that less. But uh yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a weird thing. But I'm sure if you started posting again, mate, it would take off. That would be super cool. Um good advice. Don't try to please the algorithm because it's dumb and encourages your dumbness. No, that's it. You know, you probably notice sometimes I post a title of a video, two days later I change it. And there's a good reason why I do that. Uh, I've only just started doing that again because I thought, oh, I'll give it a shot. And um, yeah, it, it all comes down to what are people looking for? <laughs> and uh, oh, Nick, I should also point out, mate, go check out your analytics and then go to, what's it called? It's called um, Insight or something like that, I think. Audience. And oh, res uh, research. Go into the research tab. Have a look at that. It's probably not been there since you last posted. Oh, probably it's only been there since you last posted, I mean. So, yeah, that, that thing's great. Uh, who's my favorite YouTuber? Man, that's a tough question. I mean, I would say my favorite channel would have to be Red Letter Media. Those guys are like, those guys are awesome. They've got <laughs> pretty much everything I love about it a YouTube channel. It is great. It's informative. It's funny. You feel like you're sort of in the conversation. Those kind of things make a huge difference to me, like watching them. And it, it covers a lot of fun stuff as well. You know, I've gone off a lot of like reaction channels and things where they're not really like really adding anything to, to, to it. They're just sort of mooching off stuff. I, I sort of gone off that. Um, so I haven't really been... You know what? Honestly, I, I unsubbed from probably like 15 guitar channels. I'm only subbed to probably, I'm still subbed to probably 20, but I don't spend anywhere near the same amount of time watching guitar channels as I would tech or fun videos or informative podcast videos. That's kind of where my headspace is at because I do this all day, like editing my own stuff and filming and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking at different things, trying to work out like what camera would work for this or What's the review of that lens like? I'm right into like finding other things now that I am just watching guitar channels, but um, I, I'm still sub to a whole bunch of guitar channels actually, probably probably more than 20 still, but um, yeah, not as many as I was because I, I, I was finding that more people were just posting what I call like disposable crap. I like Texas Blues Alley's channel. Anthony's a really good guy. There's, there's heaps of them that I watch still, but um, I'm not as actively watching a lot of content and i feel it doesn't really help like what i do i'd rather not have any influence from channels who might be watching like it's funny most of my subs are from the og still like a lot of the older channels um with it with the odd exception of course but uh yeah i just find it a little bit more down to earth it's kind of how i feel about it so tone king still i'm still stuck to him Man, actually, Metalhead Hippie, Philip McKnight. Um, oh, there's heaps. There's heaps. Actually, there's more than 20. So I, sh I shouldn't say that. I really like... Um, 
RJ's videos as well. He's he's really cool. I, I watch a lot of channels sometimes, but I don't comment on a lot of them. And then some other times I do as well. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks so much, everybody. I know chat went off uh, topic here, but great to see Nick. Nick in the States back. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah, check the Michael Kelly comments there on the last video. I uh, I think Jamal gave you the shout out and I said, yep, we, we definitely all have to thank you for all those great videos. Them and uh, Harley Benton, all those guitars. I mean, you were the first that I think you know did any of that stuff. So that was when I was still skeptical on how good they were until I saw them. So yeah, awesome stuff. Um, I just watch cat videos. Yeah. Now, a lot of stuff I watch now, it's, it's a good, you know, this is the whole burnout thing. If I just was involved in guitar 24-7, I'd go crazy, right? It's like anything. It's like, imagine you had to go to work, even though this is great fun, and then you had to do that at home all day, you know, or only watch content relating to that. I, I just, you probably find a lot of other guitar channels are the same way, as well as when camera gear is out. A lot of those channels probably don't watch as much of other channels as they do make their own stuff. So it's a it's a little bit of a, um, you know, it's a little bit of a different thing for being on this side of it. But yeah, anyway, that's it. All right, guys, we'll catch you soon. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. I, if I missed your question, just at in the blues me in the, oh, you don't have to actually, just type in the regular comment section after this is all finished. And that'll be about it. We can, uh, I'll answer you there. I'll timestamp this before I go to bed. If it all goes well. And uh, yeah, I do that on double speed. It's a lot easier. <laughs> all right, folks, thank you so much again for hanging out and listening to me ramble on. And I'll, I'll try and do another one next Wednesday daytime. I'm going to try that. Maybe in the morning. We'll see how we go. All right, guys. Go subscribe to Nick. And encourage him to uh, start posting again. Because that's what I'm going to do after this. I'll start spamming his channel. <laughs> Catch you soon. More videos coming up.